Okay, hospitality part two. I usually don't preach sermons on imperatives all by themselves. I did this morning. Be hospitable, imperative is a command. Be hospitable uh, to one another without grumbling or complaining. I sought to define it. Warm generosity toward others. In this text, toward the saints, uh, even though sometimes with reference to the saints, Love must cover a multitude of sins. That's right before the injunction, right before the imperative, right before the command. To be hospitable comes that love covers a multitude of sins. We are to be especially or peculiarly uh, hospitable toward those people that we gather with on the Lord's Day, those people that we are with every week. So, we started to think through all that. So thinking through it, um, you know, practical application or whatever you want to say, entailments. I had a few. I have some more. And here's another one for believers. Given the scripture injunctions concerning Christian hospitality, if you are a believer, you ought to thank God for the hospitality expressed toward you by others. Now, if you're sitting here going, yeah, but they owe it to me. Well, I tried to, tried to qualify that, remember? I said, well, we don't have to invite all the Christians in the world over their house. Um, they're primarily committed to the Christians they're with most often. But if somebody has opened their home to you, well, you know, somebody put a gun to their head, you should just be thankful. And express your thankfulness to them. There's many ways you can do that. You can just send them a card. You can shake their hand. You can offer to help clean up or whatever. But we should be especially grateful to our brothers and sisters who are hospitable toward us. All of us have been enriched by the warmth, acceptance, and giving of others' selves and belongings for our own well-being, and benefit. So we should consider it a blessing of God to be accepted by others and in many cases allowed into the homes of others to share in their gifts, the gifts of themselves and their time, their chairs, their patience, their food, their forbearance, their drink, their warmth, and their fellowship. I said their chairs because have you ever had anybody over that broke a chair? We have. This one guy came over and exploded uh, a chair. And he laughed, we laughed, and it's just the way it goes, okay? But we should be grateful. They don't have to. They did have us over, and our lives were enriched by it. Many of us know what it means to be encouraged by others, loved by others, accepted by others, provided for by others, while they did not even realize how much we needed it. Sometimes people do something that's kind of second nature to them, and we really needed what they were doing for us and toward us that benefited us, and, but the people that were doing it didn't realize how much we needed. And it doesn't mean every single time that happens you should go to the person and just say, heaven sent you to meet my particular need. You're great. You're glorious. You're marvelous. You're wonderful. Um, you can just thank God silently. But we should all be very grateful. Receiving hospitality by others is a great blessing. Not to be forgotten 
or taken advantage of. None of us would ever do that. Finally, this last consideration for us. Given the scripture injunctions concerning Christian hospitality, if you are a believer, you must ask yourself why God requires hospitality of you. This is similar to the meditation or the observation Uh, the consideration, the contemplation I had for unbelievers in the first hour. But if you are a believer, consider with me why God requires hospitality of us. The answer goes something like this. Just as God enjoins love upon us, so God enjoins hospitality upon us. God is love. Or we could put it this way. Just as God enjoins holiness upon us, he enjoins hospitality upon us. God is is holy. God enjoins hospitality upon his children because God is hospitable. Does God warmly accept us? We have to say, well, not on our terms, but on his terms, yes, we are warmly accepted in the beloved one. Uh, grace has been heaped on us or lavished, Ephesians 1, one of those verses in Ephesians 1. Our Lord said of himself, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Even the motif of the incarnate Son of God's ministry is an outward-oriented, other-benefiting work, isn't it? He wasn't an introvert all about his own privacy, He went about doing good, and yet people, not everybody believed upon him. But it didn't swerve him in his determination to serve others redemptively. So we could put it this way. The Father gives the Son for us, and for our salvation in him we are accepted that we might receive the Spirit of the Son and thank the Father of the Son. Listen to Paul. But when the fullness of the time had come, God gave. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. So 1 Corinthians 1.30, if you are in Christ, It is his doing for you and in you. So if you are in Christ, you are warmly accepted and amply provided for. Why? Because the God of this universe allowed you to live in that place that's called the footstool, which is temple language or house language, Heaven is his throne. Earth is his footstool. It's God's house of creation. It's not ours. God allows us to live in it. And he warmly accepts us as believers in Christ. So in that sense, God is hospitable, first of all, to his enemies. And he makes his enemies his friends in the church and by the grace of Christ. If you are in Christ, lavish 
Love has been given to you when unlovely. He made you alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. Or listen to these words, Ephesians 1, 3 and following. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him, in love having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he has made us accepted in the beloved in Him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us. And he keeps going and going and going and going. Now, all this argues that we are to be hospitable toward the saints because God is that way toward us. Um, Just as you have been forgiven by God of your many and great sins, so are we to forgive others uh, for Christ's sake. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 calls us to be like God in our forgiveness. I think Scripture calls us as believers to be hospitable, especially to the saints, because God is so warm and generous with not only his uh, his gifts of creation and providence, but apart from any and all merit of ours, he lavishes redemptive graces Upon us, And you know what happens when we sin against those redemptive graces? He doesn't give up on us. He chases us down. He finds us, and he cleans us up. So we should be uh, very, 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 very hospitable um, without grumbling. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this meditation. We pray that you would bless it for our soul's sake and help us now. Uh, as we take the supper and sing your praises. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.